coming to you from the Eon Project Studios, perched high atop the banks of the majestic Blackstone River. Greetings from the jewel of the Blackstone Valley. You're listening to Experts of Nothing with Mike and Jay. Hi, Mike. Hello. How you doing? Good. How are you? Coming to you live. Yeah, live. Well, we're not really live. Well, we're not live. Well, we're live. We're live. We're we're here in person. We're living. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as I understand it. Yeah. So last week was our first episode. It was. And. Uh, I think it went well, it went well for a new endeavor. It went well. Uh, we haven't had any feedback yet. Well, no, because it hasn't been published yet. That's true. So once it goes out into the world, it's in the works, so yeah. to speak. So yeah. So we had an interesting week this week. Mm. Thing, things happening. You know, I have to I have to make one quick correction from something I said last week. Okay. I uh, accidentally stated that uh, what was his name Martin Mull. Martin Mull. I stated that he was in WKRP in Cincinnati. Right. That wasn't true. He wasn't in that. You know that. You know what? No, he wasn't. No. But you know what that is an example of? It's something that my daughter actually um, told me about. Something called the Mandela Effect. Have you ever heard of this? Uh, referring to Nelson Mandela? Yes. Have you heard of it? It's a phenomenon. I haven't, no. Okay, so the, the Mandela Effect, in, in essence, is um, basically it's the theory that people remember things wrong. Mm. And that wrong memory makes its way into the national consciousness. For, and the reason it's named that is because... Um, many people remember, they actually remember that Nelson Mandela died in prison in the 1980s, which, of course, is not true. Right. He got out of prison and later became the president of South Africa. Mm. However, many people think they remember hearing that he was dead. Uh, just like, there's a, there's a few very well-known examples. One of them is um, the Luke, I am your father from Star Wars. That's actually that. not said. Correct. Right. It's not, that's not what he says. Well, I wouldn't know because I don't like Star Trek. Right. In any case, so that uh, that would be one, and then uh, there was another one. That, that remember the uh, remember when we were kids, the Bernstein Bears, the the Berenstein Bears, Berenstein Bears. Yeah, it's actually spelled Berenstain Bears, S T A I N. It is, yeah. But most people remember it being the Bernstein Bears, S T. Well, they were. A, a, uh, I thought they were a family of Jewish bears. I don't know that that bears can have religious affiliation. They didn't. They there was one book they celebrated Chanukah, I believe. Shaka Khan. Yeah. Interesting. So. You know what today is? Today is uh, August, no, April <laughs> August 30th, right? April 30th. You know what April 30th is? No. Walpurgis Night. What does that mean? You don't know it? You know what Walpurgis Night is? It's another Jewish fe- festive holiday? No, nope. oh. it's actually the exact, today is the exact day uh, opposite in the calendar of Halloween. Did you know that? Ah, so it's equidistant. Uh, it's, yes, equidistant is the word. Okay. So Walpurgis Night is actually celebrated in, uh, in Germanic areas. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's also known as a witch's night. And uh, basically, it's believed to be the night that witches met on the Brocken, the highest peak in the Hearts Mountains. And they, what they were doing was they were coming up with schemes to, uh, to uh, confuse humanity uh, because this is their last opportunity to do so because spring actually starts now. I see. And uh, spring, everything is new. Yep, uh, yep. So this is the witches' last night to cause mischief. So they're, they're, trying, to, uh, they're trying to keep spring from blooming, yes. if you will. Yes. Uh, and, and yeah. Okay. So what we should start doing is so this start was an driving. evil endeavor by the witches. Yes, we should start driving to Germany right now. Yep. So that by the time we get there, we'll be there uh, for Walpurgis Night and at the uh, the peak of Mount Brocken. You know, my son asked me the other day why we can't drive to Europe. That would be hard. No, he thought we could make a bridge. I think maybe someday they could make a bridge or a tunnel. How'd you like to be in that tunnel? That'd be a, that'd be a deep tunnel. It would be deep, and then what if there's an accident in that tunnel? I wouldn't want to respond to such an accident. No. I wouldn't want to be in no, that tunnel. No. What if there was a catastrophic tunnel failure? Yeah, I don't like tunnels. I was in New York one time. You ever been through the Holland Tunnel? I have. That's a sketchy tunnel. Mm. It's deep. It's long. It's well, dark. Somebody, it's dank. Somebody got killed in Boston in a tunnel, right? Uh, yeah. A piece of concrete just right. randomly fell from the uh, the roof and landed on the poor lady's head, killed her in her car. Well, if, if there's a way to go, I mean, a three-ton piece of concrete That was the Ted the Williams head. Tunnel. Was it the Ted Williams? Thing? Yeah, oh. scored a hit on that one. The splendid splinter, Ted Williams. Yeah. All right. So what 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 well, are we doing this we, week? Well, before we get into the topic, yeah. Uh, well, uh, well, actually, what we're going to talk about, we got a couple of different topics. You you have a topic. You're going to be talking talking about past lives. That's right. I am, and uh, it's something that uh, I find quite interesting, and I feel like I've experienced some past lives now and then in in my hmm. past. That's why it's called past lives. And then uh, once that's done, once yeah. We, once we get through that nonsense, I'm going to be discussing. Uh, a lot of weird circumstances behind behind some of the most famous or infamous, rather, serial killers and mass murders in American history. What if there was a shadowy satanic cult behind some or all of them that was actually pulling the strings all the way from the 1960s to today? You mean uh, influencing serial killers? Influencing, uh, controlling, 
using uh, using these groups to further their agenda. Like the mind control and things like that? Things, things of that sort, hmm. yeah. So it's going to be very interesting to talk about that. Interesting. Uh, but before we do that, I wanted to discuss something that happened to me okay. ju- just this yesterday. So uh, I was going to have a campfire last night with my lovely family. It was a good night to have a campfire. Yeah, it was a beautiful night. It was a little windy. You know, you don't want the embers to go off into the into the ether causing fires. However, we were going to have a campfire. So I was out, out in the store uh, buying the accoutrement mm. uh, to have a campfire, which, you you know, you need marshmallows. Marshmallows. And uh, yep. chocolate. Yep. To and, make the uh, s'mores. Ram crackers. Of course. You need those three things, yep. right? Yep. So in the area of the grocery marked. Is it Mart or Market? Why did some of our Marts? Well, it depends on which store you were at. Oh, well, it was like a grocery store, so that would be a market, so right? It's a, it's, a, uh, it's a, yeah, it's a market, sure. Anyway, so I was in that section, and I actually saw on display near those items sticks for marshmallows. Ah, I've seen the sticks. Can I ask you a question? Why do we need to buy sticks at a grocery store? Well, that that's for the uh, well, it's for the convenience factor, obviously, uh, and for the lazy person that doesn't want to f- uh, rummage around in the well, uh, well let me ask in the you foliage finding sticks. If you're going to have a campfire, right? Ostensibly, you'll be outside, right? right? Yep, yep. Where do sticks live? You could get a outside. stick easily. They're, sticks they're are free. everywhere. Millions they're, they're of sticks. They're abundant. You can grab any kind of stick you want. You, you can, can grab you big can stick, little stick, custom sticks. See, that's why I like the idea of getting your own stick because yeah. you can forge around. You can find the the type of wood that you like. You can find the thickness, the length, so to speak. You I'm, can. I'm just wondering who's gonna buy this. You sticks. could debark it if you wish, Take and the then use the bark for other things. What, what would you use the bark for? You could make like, you know, bark uh, bark crafts, barka loungers. <laughs> but uh, I've seen that, and you know what's funny? If you look at the stick, it says "Made in China." So they had this. So they ship sh- sticks exactly. all the way from China. So is where- that even cost effective <laughs> to make a stick in China from Chinese wood? Yep. Package it, yep. ship it here, and then sell it. When we live in a country that's full of sticks, doesn't make sense. Everywhere to you me. go, there's sticks. Nope. You can find sticks anywhere you go. Bad. Anyway, yeah. well, I just thought that was odd that, that people would it buy sticks odd, at the grocery store. But I've store. seen that, and actually, I've partaken in it. I'm not proud of it, but I have. You've bought the sticks. My wife bought the sticks. Oh. I, I cursed her out, but I used it anyway. <laughs> All right. Well, then, uh, that being said, yeah. why don't we move on to the uh, the first topic of the week? All right. Uh, do you want me to go or do you yeah, want to go? Yeah, why don't you go first? All right. So <clears throat> we're going to talk a little bit about uh, past lives or otherwise known as reincarnation. Mm. Um, and I think we've all, we've all heard of that idea before. And we're going to delve into it a little bit. Um, and like we said, you know, we're obviously experts of nothing here, but you know, we like to, uh, spur, de- spur discussion, discussion in, in debate, in the conversation about different various topics. Right. And for some reason, I, 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 uh, you know, I like to think of myself as a skeptical believer. In mm. other words, uh, I believe, uh, in certain things that, uh, a lot of mainstream folks might not, but yet I'm very skeptical, uh, about some of the things that we see out there. So I always, I always look at thing with things with a, uh. Uh, you know, a wandering uh, imagination and a wandering uh, thought process. And a wandering eye. And I, I, my eye wanders quite frequently yeah. amongst, uh, amongst things. things. But anyway, so it, reincarnation is one of these things that I, for some reason, and I don't know where it came from or why it is. Well, actually, I do know, and I'll, I'll touch on that here in a bit. But I find quite interesting, and I find it to be somewhat plausible for some reason, and I don't know why, but okay. I do. I've always felt that way. Um so reincarnation, actually the word reincarnation is, uh, is Latin in origin. As and, many things are. And it means entering the flesh again, Ooh. which I, I like I like the sound of that. It sounds interesting. I don't like the word flesh. You don't like flesh? No. It's one of those There's certain words. words that I don't like. Yeah. I don't mind flesh. Yeah. I don't like toe. You don't like that word? I don't like to say toe. You know what word I like to say? What? Pavilion. Pavilion? Do you pa- have to say it like that? Pa- pavilion. Yes. It, it rolls let's, off the tongue well. Let's, let's meet at the pavilion. Mm. Mm. That could mean a lot of things. Yeah. Anyway, so <clears throat> uh, reincarnation, entering the flesh again. So basically, just to break it down for for the layman out there, it's when a uh, uh, as I as I live currently, or you, or anybody else that's living currently that's listening to this program. Hopefully, they're all living. When their physical body dies, a lot of people think, depending on your belief process or beliefs. You think that the human body dies, and if you're a religious person, you think that you're if you've been a, you know had led a decent life, then you'll go to heaven. Your spirit will right. rise from the body and go on and go to heaven and live happily ever after. Mm-hmm. But there are also other people that believe in reincarnation, where the body dies and yet your soul that makes up the the, the person that you are 
uh, internally, mentally, will actually continue on mm. in a different in a different f- flesh and uh, a different host, a different body, if you will. Oh, it's like a virus. Yeah. So your 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 spirit really never dies; it just changes forms right. over the course of time. Hmm. Uh, why why I find this interesting and fascinating? I don't know. It could it could <laughs> harken back to. Uh, in our youth, in our childhood, and, and as Mike and I uh, spoke about last week, Mike and I have been friends for a long time, and as as youths do, youths. we experimented with some things. Oh, uh, this no, is a family show. No chemicals. Oh. Nothing, oh, nothing well, sexual other, or anything okay, like good. that. Yeah, let's not go there. Yeah. Uh, we were playing around with a, uh, <laughs> a Ouija board. We've all heard of the Ouija board. Ooh. We've all seen the Ouija board. And, uh, you know, supposedly it can it can channel spirits. The spirit board, And things yeah. of, that, of that sort. And so Mike and I were partaking in the Ouija board uh, mm-hmm. one evening. Uh, I don't know how old we were, maybe teenagers yeah, of some kind. Like 13, 14, something like that. <clears throat> and we started delving into the idea of past lives for some reason. And uh, we're making a Ouija board move all around, and it was moving itself, and we're asking moving, all kinds grooving, of questions. like James Brown. And come to find out, I had a past life. I had a few past lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple of remarkable ones that, I, that come to the top of my head were uh, I, was a, I was an early, early American – that uh, that fought in the French and Indian War. Mm-hmm. I was actually at the the Fort, uh, the Battle of Fort Ticonderoga, right. in uh, New York. Well, it's funny that you mentioned that because uh, yeah, uh, there's actually been several battles at Fort Ticonderoga over the years. Yep. So well, I was at one of them. You're at one of them. I don't know which. I can't right. I can't deep, that, dig that deep into my subconscious. So this is from the the Ouija board. The Ouija board is this. telling me this. Right. So uh, so you fought in the, uh, the get your tinfoil hats out. You, you fought as a uh, American. Well, at that time, you would have been a British subject. Correct. Fighting for in America for the British crown. Against the French and Indians. Against the French and Indians. That's, That's right. why they call it the French and Indian War. Yeah, which the, is, the French didn't fight the Indians. No. No, they teamed up. No, and in Europe, it's actually known as the Seven Years' War, which <laughs> is a little bit more accurate. And you know why they call it the Seven Years' War? It lasted for seven years? Yep. Did you study? Mm-hmm. Wow. All right. I passed that. But uh, it goes back to – so anyway, so that, that was one of my past lives. And another one that I was that never confirmed to me was never – Well, con- wait a minute. Yeah. Can, can, we, can we go back to that one for yeah, just a yeah, minute? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you fought at the Battle of Fort Ticonderoga. Yeah. Is, is that where you met your end? No. Oh. I actually survived the battle. Okay. I died years later oh. uh, of a venereal disease. Well, that makes sense. Syphilis, actually. Yeah. And that's not a joke. That's that's, that's, well, that's what I was told. That's about right. So uh, why that why that was, I don't know. But did they have syphilis back then? Did the, they must of have. Of course. Well, you know, the, the uh, you know. Europeans did, did got I, around. Did a I lot. catch it from a native woman? You think? I wonder. No, because well, I would think that that, that disease wasn't prevalent in native Native American tribes at the time. Oh, uh, all right, just so, smallpox so that we gave them. That we gave them anyway. So <clears throat> that was one of my past lives, and and another that I like I said I never had confirmed, but it's it's deep in my psyche and my subconscious. I really like pirates. Yeah, I like pirates. I like reading about pirates. I like pirate life. You pirate wish you lore. were a pirate. I do wish I was a pirate, but you could drink rum all day. In that vein the pirate theme, I get very nervous around bodies of water, mm-hmm. deep bodies of water, like when I cross bridges uh-huh. and I go in the o- I don't like going in the ocean. So I feel like I was a pirate in a past life and I died a horrific death upon the seas. Something to do with the water was, was your Yeah, my, your my, the seas were my undoing, apparently, mm. at some point. Did you, did you ask the Ouija board about this? I didn't ask about the pirate thing, but I should look into that. That I you might, were a pirate. And they actually have these uh, past life regression therapists, basically. Yep. yep. And if you believe in hypnotism, they're people that can br- put you in, a, in a, a very relaxed trance, and they can, they can bring these uh, past lives to the fore mm-hmm. and try to find reasons why you're messed up in your current life, oh. uh, why you have issues in there, your current life. There must be reasons why. So I think that that's that's one of my issues. Why I don't like the ocean. I don't like going in the ocean past my toes, hmm. toes again. You just said it again. I did. Uh, oh. So I feel like I'm going to be eaten by a sea creature. But so, anyway. So I wonder if that's what happened to you. I mean, and and so basically, your your hypothesis, without doing any type of research whatsoever, right, is that if something bad happened to you in a past life, it uh, it affects the way that you live your life now. That's correct. So, like, if you had died in a desert, let's say, of, of thirst, yeah. you, would, you would avoid deserts. Or you, or you would carry around water with you. Everywhere. You'd have water. You'd, you'd wear a camel back everywhere you went. It'd right. be filled with liquid. Mm-hmm. You'd be afraid to, to die of, of thirst. Wow. So, what do you think about all this? What do you think uh, the, the reasoning uh, behind all this is? Well, <clears throat> the, the origins are basically, uh, you know, obviously it's a central tenet of most major Indian religions. Uh, i.e. Buddhism, Hinduism. India from the country of India, not India, India of, of Indian here. Not not uh, American Indians, no. <clears throat> from the country of India. Not, not how, got it. Yeah, lots lots of people there in India. 
but uh, basically that's where the the origins of this idea came from was the was, were those very those ancient religions of of India, mm-hmm. and uh, you know it's it's spread throughout the years. <clears throat> excuse me, to uh, you know to modern times as well. Um, so it, it, the actual origins of it are kind of obscure, but um, as I said, the you know the Indian religions are it's very prevalent the in Eastern, that. That would be part of the Eastern religions, right? Like correct. Eastern correct. mysticism. There, there's even some evidence that it goes back as far as the Druids. The Druid oh, people the Druids. talked a little bit about that. Um, the Druids built Stonehenge, did they not? They did. Speaking of Druids, was it wasn't it wasn't it uh, wasn't that the planet? Wasn't it Druidia that Druidia. Princess Vespa was from in, in Spaceballs the movie? Yeah. Yes, she was a, She she was a Druish princess. Dru- I didn't. I never understood why they called it Druidia. Like, because they were, you know why they did that, actually? Because Mel, Mel Brooks is famously, he's a Jewish man. Sure. And he uses a lot of Jewish jokes in his movies. Mm. Um, and in, in that movie specifically, uh, they use Druid, like Druid, Jewish. Oh, I see. I so see. he's cloaking his, Correct. making fun of his own his own religion. Right. Um, by that, because there's, there's one famous scene where, she, where uh, uh, Barf, the half man, half dog. Yeah, played by John played Candy. Played by John Candy. That's right. A great actor. He says, that's funny. She doesn't look Druish. So, <laughs> that's true. Right. Yeah. May the Schwartz be with the you. Schwartz, yes. Um, but yeah, so so there's some evidence that the, that the, the Druids actually uh, even had a rudimentary uh, understanding or belief of, of reincarnation. So, oh. and, and, you know, we, and when we look at scientifically, it kind of makes sense, too. We, we all know the, the law uh, that energy can neither be created nor destroyed, that it just basically, tra- it just changes forms from one to another that goes back to the the conservation of energy which basically says that the total energy of any isolated system remains constant okay so in other words you you say you have we're talking about campfires again you have a piece of wood yes so you have a piece of wood and there's actually energy contained within that wood you light the wood on fire the energy is released as such it becomes it becomes a different form it does it chemically changes to something else so everything that's on the earth right now comes from something else. That's correct. Never been. It's never been created or destroyed. That's correct. Yes. So how did it get here in the first place? That is something that that we still cannot understand. That's or, another or prove, show for right? another for smarter people. They than talk you and about I. the Big Bang theory, but, but I don't like that show. I, I don't get into. It. I don't like any network programming. To be honest, oh, you're a snob. Call me a call me a, a, a an entertainment snob. Yeah, there's really nothing good on network television. We don't we don't really watch. We uh, uh the wife and I we're, we 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 have this pattern. We'll get into a show. Yep. For a, a couple of weeks, and we go, oh, this is really good, and then we just never get into it, never mm. watch it again. Mm. But that's why I think Netflix is great because you can watch. You don't have to be. You don't have to remember to tape it. Uh, network TV, a lot of times, you know, when a show it's not available for for on demand right away, you yep. have to wait yep. like a week. You know, anyway, yep. it's a bunch of junk. Yeah. Anyway, but, anyway, moving forward, about? reincarnation. Reincarnation. There was actually a, a a psychiatrist by the name of Ian Stevenson, uh, and I, I, you know, I find cases of supposed. Uh, reincarnation quite interesting. So, Mr. Stevenson, uh, he was from the University of Virginia. He conducted several years of research, 40 years. That's a lot of time. Uh, over 40 years of research into past lives. Uh, he wrote several books uh, about the about the subject, citing various uh, examples and cases. And one, one that was interesting was the James Leninger uh, case. He was a four-year-old boy uh, who believed that he was once a World War II fighter pilot who was shot down over Iwo Jima. That's a lot of information for at, a four-year-old. At four years old. That right. was, that's why it was interesting, because right. he, he said a lot of things that were very specific to that time period. He knew a lot of things about the, air, about the aircraft itself, mm-hmm. uh, about uh, battle, the, the battle that he was in, things of that, st- uh, things of that sort. Uh, wow. He used to have nightmares that his airplane was crashing, that his plane was on fire, uh, things, things about that. Uh, and there's a lot of cases like that, actually, believe it or not. And some people say, well, it's just... You know, it's it's the child picking up on things in, in his environment. Yeah, but know. that's stuff that a four year old wouldn't be exposed to generally. Right, and I mean, even if they were, like, how many how many kids can you know? Even if you watch a television program, a documentary mm-hmm. uh, on World War Two or something, can will get that into it. They'll have nightmares about it, and they can be very specific about certain things that they've experienced. So right. there's a lot of different cases like that over the years <clears throat> where people are basically know things that they shouldn't probably know. They know languages that they shouldn't probably know. Things of that right. sort. Right. I was going to say, so sometimes you hear about stories like that where somebody will, will be in a different area of the country and they or of the world, I should say, and they suddenly know the language or they know customs that they probably shouldn't know or, or feel a sense of familiarity with an area that they've never been. Stuff like that. Yes. Oh. That's actually correct. Yes. Okay. Yeah, so. and I know it's correct because I've heard about it before. Well, and you said it. 
and I just everything and, I say. And, is and correct. you're right all the time, all the time. most of the time. Most of the time. Um, but yeah, I mean, <clears throat> you know, obviously a lot of people have a hard time. Excuse me for coughing yeah, clearing into the microphone. Into the microphone. I gotta turn my head. We need a cough time. button, like the like the real shows have mm. a cough button. You ever been listening to radio and then this sudden this is like a blank space for a couple of seconds? Yes. I think is that what it is? Is someone's coughing? Dead air. Yeah. Oh, maybe. Someone coughs or swears inappropriately. You ever heard anybody get gassy on the radio? I don't think I've ever heard that. No, me either. No. That's not something that would a microphone would pick up, I don't think. No, you know why? Because you're sitting at, most of the time, yep. you're in like a cushioned chair. You want to hear a funny story about that? Yeah, I would. So, um, I was at my job, mm. um, and I, I was actually, I had a new chair. You were in a cubicle, right? A cu- yeah, it's yeah. like a cubicle. You know, it's a, a little farm of cubes on this floor. Yeah. You know, you know how it is. There's a lot. There's a lot of people there. It's a good size cubicle, though. It's open to the world, though. It's open to the world. There's yeah. no. There's no physical uh, wall past you know chest height. Mm. Well, I'm a tall dude, so a lot of people can't see over those things. Sure. In any case, so there were folks around. I was. I had a new chair, and uh, I experienced a bout of flatulism, mm. where uh, I had to expel some gas. You were getting that stomach pain. Yeah. You, you know, couldn't hold it. You no, had to let it go. I had to. Well, it's a long walk to the bathroom. Yeah. And I didn't want to just get up and go. So I figured I would just let it go with the cube mm-hmm. and uh, see what happens. You know, play the play the play the waters, let let it go. So were you trying to were you trying to slowly release to kind of muffle the yeah, sound? Yeah, I didn't or... want to just rip it right. because then you know everyone would hear that. Right. So I thought if I just went low and slow, you have to have some good control to be able to do that. Low and slow. Yep. And uh, you'll get through it, right? So I decided to do that. What I didn't realize was that the bottom of my chair was made of a mesh material, mm. and what happened was as the uh, flatulent gas went through the little mesh holes it caused a whistling effect oh and uh, actually amplified the sound of the uh, of the uh, fart so it was like it was, it was you, like a, you were forcing hot yeah uh intestine air through the tiny holes of the mesh chair yep and it caused it caused a, a whistle a whistle yep. a whistle so so a fart whistle echoed through the uh, cube area and uh uh-huh. I just, you know, no one can tell where it came from. There's a lot of people there. So you right. just, if you don't acknowledge it, sure. it, it didn't happen. Exactly. So I just, um, I made a mental note not to do that again. Mm. And, uh, and and all was well. Like, no one ever pinned it on me. Did you, did, did you see any, were there any reactions? Or? I didn't want to stick you my head up. No, put, you didn't no, want to look. You just no. kept your head at your just computer. Kept it, I didn't do the prairie dog and look around. No. I stayed, <laughs> I stayed low. And, uh, and and made it through okay. You probably should have blamed it on Bob from accounting. Stuck your head up. You know, Bob from accounting is a pain in the ass. Yeah, he's always causing troubles. Anyway, that was my that was my uh, my mesh story. It's good. It's good. It's lesson learned there. Lesson if, learned. If you have to release, you should know what you're sitting on. Know what you're sitting on. Like and, for instance, when you're on a plane. Yeah. That's a dense. It's a life preserver for God's sake. So it's gonna catch whatever you drop into it. Well, here's the thing. It'll catch the sound. It'll muffle the sound. Mm-hmm. But. You know, when you're, you're gonna stand you're up. You're on a plane, though. So yeah. what happens is, you know, the air gets recirculated. Yeah, but you, when, whenever you stand up to go to the bathroom, it just everything is released. It, it wafts. It wafts, it wafts into, into, the, into air. the air, and uh, it, it causes uh, planes are gross. Causes mayhem for the people. Pla- plane, o- planes are gross. Yeah, ocular, ocular? No, not o- olfactory. Olfactory. Olfactory mayhem for yep. the people around you. Yep. Yes. So we're still on reincarnation. So reincarnation, you 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 judge uh, judge it for what it is. I I personally, for some reason, uh, I I subscribe to the idea. I like to think that when you when you die, that you continue on in a different a different uh, well form or one one form or another. Correct me if I'm wrong, but science there's been scientific evidence that when someone dies, they they get lighter. Correct? Like something happens. I've heard that where yeah. where they measured it. It's very very small, but there's a sure. they, there's a noticeable difference in weight mm. when someone there's a, re- a release of something. So what is that? I don't know. It could be flatulence. Who knows? Well, air doesn't be, weigh anything. It could be post-mortem flatulence. I don't think the methane gas that comes out of your butt weighs anything. Of course it does. It has mass, doesn't it? I don't know. Does it? Sure. I, I guess. It has weight. It's weighty. So when you let it go, you feel light and free. Nice. Mm. So are we gonna? Are we done with the reincarnation? Well, <clears throat> I, I would I'd just like to say that uh, reincarnation is what it is, and uh, you choose to believe it or not. It is what it is. The end. The end. And we'll right. talk more about it later uh, in, a, in a different uh, in a, in setting. In a future episode. Yeah. We'll delve more into it. Okay. And we'll, we'll, what we'll do is we'll do some – we'll actually bring a re- Ouija board here into the show. I don't know if we're going to do and that. And we'll do a, uh, a past life me out, man. Uh, reading from the Ouija board here. Well, it's funny that you mentioned that because uh, I, I'm actually uh, affiliated through some people who know some people who are um, into the uh, – that whole area of, of magic – 
uh, crystals and mm. and past life regression and uh, and Reiki is it Reiki 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 something yeah, like that. that. I'm not, I don't know a whole lot about it, yeah. but we could probably get a guest on a future show that knows a lot more than we do. Reiki Lake, Reiki Lake was a good show back in the. Uh, in I used the to 90s. love that show. It was a good show. Mm-hmm. It was uh, it was above uh, ahead of its time. Now now it's ever you see a lot of. Shows I don't think it's like on that. anymore. Is that on anymore? I don't think so. Daytime TV itself sucks. It's awful. I I, I had occasion to be out of work uh, for a short amount of time due to an injury, mm. uh, recently, fairly recently. And there's nothing to watch on television during the day. No. They don't even put th- good things on the History Channel. It's all uh, infomercials. I guess they figure that people at home during the day don't want to learn <laughs> because there's nothing educational. I-, I watch a lot of educational programs in an effort to be more cultured, which leads Ooh. us to this very next segment of yes. the show. So here on the Experts of Nothing show with Mike and Jay, we try to bring a little bit of culture to everyday life. Mm. We try to bring a little bit of uh, sophistication you know, I think it's important to have that type of culture. Which is why we talk about flatulence in the workplace. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So in, in order to do that, what, what we decided to do was take everyday mundane subjects, tasks that you would normally accomplish on a daily basis, and uh, convey instructions on how to complete those tasks with a Shakespearean flair. Mm. So what we're going to do now is I'm going to, as, as, as we speak, I'm handing Jason a paper who he has never seen before. And what he's going to do is he, he's going to read instructions on how to complete a task as, as it would have appeared in, in Shakespeare's day, at, perhaps at the Globe Theater in London. And many people don't know this, but Mike and I are, are classically trained yes. Shakespearean voiceover actors. Classically trained, yes. Um, and so we can turn it on like a switch <clears throat> at a moment's notice. We can, and what, when, we do, when we do it, 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 it any subject that we talk about mm. brings sophistication. Absolutely. So I'm going to read this in, in a classic Shakespearean voice. Again, you have never seen this. I've never seen this. I don't know what it is. I don't know what I'm about to read. Nope, but it's going to be read in Shakespearean, so automatically... You know, anything you read with a Shakespearean accent mm. b- brings gravitas. Ah. Okay, so, so here we, we go. Without further ado. <clears throat> I will start with the title. The title of this speech is Using a Suppository. <laughs> Always wash your hands and use gloves. Lubricate the finger of the glove with KY jelly or a similar product. You must first remove stool for the suppository to work. Have a bowel movement or gently insert the finger and remove stool. Continue to do so until none comes out. Wait a few minutes and then try again to see if any more stool has moved down. Take the wrapper off the suppository and insert it as right in your return as you can. In your return? Something like that. Rectum. Oh, rectum. The, 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 <laughs> the, the, the print is messed up. Rectum! Rectum! Insert in your rectum as you can return it to its place at the proper place in the buttocks. Well, that was brilliant. Yes. And uh, bravo. Thank what you, you. What do you say to a Shakespeare actor when they do Do you say bravo? You could say bravo. Would they throw roses or toilet paper at you? Uh, in that case, toilet paper for sure. Oh, so hopefully that brought a little bit of sophistication to your day. Yeah. Next week, I, I myself will research a topic, mm-hmm. research a subject, and uh, Mike will bring forth uh, his, his Shakespearean uh, yep. twist and flair to it as yeah. well. And we'll do funny segments like that uh, on occasion on this program. And we could, maybe someday we'll even do the whole show in that voice. I don't think anyone will listen to that show. Because uh. it gets grating after about 30, after a while. 30 seconds, maybe. Yeah, maybe a minute. This is the shelf life for that. <laughs> or, so anyway, that out of the way, we're going to move on to the, uh, to the second topic of our program today. And it's what I talked about briefly earlier. What if there was a shadowy satanic cult behind some of the most infamous murder cases in American history. From the 1960s with Charles Manson and the family, to David Berkowitz, the son of Sam Killer in the 1970s, to Andre Rand, who was involved in a series of child murders on Staten Island in the 1980s, which actually gave birth to an urban legend which happened to be true, which a lot of people don't know that story, to the Smiley Face Killer group. Mm. Are all of them being backed by a shadowy satanic cult that has its evil hands in lots of business? So it's it's a group it's a group of people that are trying to influence others. So yes. are you saying that these people I'm not saying anything. I'm reporting okay. what my research The goal of this program is not to 
Uh, not to tell you the end-all, be-all of the subjects that we're discussing, but as Jay mentioned earlier, it is to spur discussion and hopefully lead our audience to conduct their own research offline mm. while they're not listening to us. Because you shouldn't listen to anything we say. You should, you should listen. No, no, I'm sorry. You should listen, but you shouldn't uh, take, take our word for it, I should say. Right. You go out and do your own research. <laughs> right. So while on this show, we're not going to concentrate on the individual murderers or, or murder groups because that would take way too long. So basically everything that I'm going to discuss today can have its own show, mm-hmm. all of these things. Uh, but really what I want to do is just outline a little bit of what could be behind all of these famous murder cases. So that being said... We're going to go to the beginning of the story, which starts with all things evil mm-hmm. in the 20th century with a man named Aleister Crowley, which, yes. before mm-hmm. you start sure. correcting me, okay. for years and years and years, I always said Aleister Crowley was his name. Well, because of the Ozzy Osbourne Correct. song. That's because how he of, says it. Was it Black Sabbath or was it Ozzy Osbourne? That was Ozzy Osbourne. Okay. So Ozzy Osbourne says Mr. Crowley in the famous song. Correct. It's actually a very good song. It actually contains one of the most, uh, one of the most highly rated guitar solos of all time. Uh, that song, mm. uh, Mr. Randy Rhodes. Randy Rhodes, uh, who who died uh, long before he should have died. He was yeah. a musical genius. How did he die? Uh, a crash, uh, uh, pl- either a plane or a helicopter crash. It's amazing how often very talented uh, music yeah. stars yeah, died. It's too bad. He was in only in his early 20s. That's terrible. You go back and look at some of the early footage, uh, some of the rare footage of him uh, playing guitar, and uh, he was he was really a virtuoso. Well, it's actually, I heard a, 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 a rumor that Mr. Randy Rhodes had an affair with, with uh, Sharon Osbourne. Uh, back when Sharon and Ozzy were first married, mm. which I don't know if they've been married all that. I think they've been married for a very long time. They have, yeah. So anyway, we just di- digressed. So you're saying Ozzy Osbourne sabotaged the aircraft that Randy Rhodes was in? You never know. He's a he's a devious man. Or he put man. a spell on it. Of the some Blizzard kind. of Oz. You yeah. never know. Well. Anyway, the Mr. Crowley song, he calls it Mr. Crowley, mm. many people say was a an, an homage to Aleister Crowley. But actually, if you listen to the words, it's actually against Aleister Crowley. I see. So... Listen to that song again. Yeah, people, uh, Ozzy wasn't uh, satanic. No. Many people may have thought over the years. No, he was not. Anyway. Anyway. So, uh, early 20th century, Aleister Crowley, uh, which for those of you who don't know, was a, a magician. Uh, when I say magician, not like David Copperfield or... Uh, he didn't pull a bunny out of a hat or no, anything No, he wasn't like, that. like a, uh, what was that guy's name? Chris Angel? Chris, yeah, he's pretty good. He just yeah. got hurt, I think, recently doing yeah, a he's trick. Yeah, very, he's a very good magician. But he, when I say magician, he actually, this uh, Aleister Crowley actually performed black magic ceremonies, rituals, and stuff. Uh, he was a Satanist. He called himself the Antichrist. Uh, it, it, he, his goal was to become the wickedest man in the world. Mm. So a lot of the early uh, 1900s uh, Satanism uh, movement towards that started with Aleister Crowley. So while the discussion of Crowley himself could fill many, many shows, we're not going to focus on him today, except to say that he was an evil dude, right? Mm. He proclaimed himself the Antichrist, as I said, referred to himself as the Beast, uh, performed weirdo sexual religious crap all over the place, and so on and so forth. Very, he was also very influential, yeah. and we're going to learn about that in a moment. So Crowley was a Freemason, which all we, we know what Freemasonry is. Some may he, not. Some may not. That could be a show later uh, on. That's a, that's a show for another day. Well, Freemasonry is a... Is a uh, Freemasons are a fraternal group, uh, secretive, mm. and uh, we're not going to discuss all that today, but most people know what a Freemason is anyway. So Crowley was a Freemason. Uh Supposedly a 33rd degree Mason, which is reportedly as high as one may ascend in that group. So, not good enough for Crowley. He uh, he didn't agree with everything that Freemasonry held, so he wanted to start his own group. But he, before he started his own group, he moved on to a group called the Ordo Templi Orientis, mm. or OTO. Uh, order, it's also known as the Order of the Temple of the East, or the Order of Oriental Templars. Mm-hmm. So, uh, an offshoot of Freemasonry. And back in 1910... Aleister Crowley took over the group and altered some of their established rituals and beliefs to include his famous phrase, which you'll see in, in, in many things afterwards, is, do what thou wilt will be the whole of the law. Have you ever heard of that term before? No. Okay. So, meaning you can pretty much do whatever you want and not face any consequences. Do what thou wilt will be the whole of the law is the, is the basis for all um, of the early Satanist movement stuff. So, as you live your life, you can however you, you want you to can't do be it. governed by any outside That's law or, or force. That's right. You just do whatever the heck you please. Right. So Crowley starts uh, takes over this group, the OTO. Fast forward to 1945. Okay, so the uh, World War II is over. Mm-hmm. Right. The OTO now has branches in the United States and one in Pasadena, California. Is he still alive at this point, or is he passed? He is alive. He died in 1947. Okay. So he's uh, Crowley's still alive. Um, in 1945, in Pasadena, California, 
One of the OTO initiates in that group was, drumroll, mm-hmm. L. Ron Hubbard. Ah, of course. The enigmatic the founder of Scientology, yeah. right? So Hubbard was were, Hubbard was actually recorded in his lifetime saying that Crowley was a dear friend of his, mm. which he would have had to act fast because Crowley died in 1947. This was 1945. Yeah. But supposedly L. Ron Hubbard and uh, Aleister Crowley had some sort of relationship. L. Ron Hubbard didn't stay long with the OTO because he founded Scientology in 1953, just a few years later. So I ask you, here you have a self-avowed Satanist who starts a Satanist branch of Freemasonry and franchises it out to the world like a bunch of Burger Kings. Yeah. Okay? One of those members goes on to find found a new religion a, a few years later. Would you think that was odd? I would say it's a cult. It, right. It, it's a cult. Sure. Yeah. Well, we're not going to talk about Scientology in, in and of itself today, but that's a subject for another show. Mm. In any case... So L. Ron Hubbard's, and I'm sorry if I'm going, you have to kind of stay with me on No, I'm with stuff, you. I got you. Because this is going to lead to something cool, I promise. So in any case, Hubbard started Scientology in the 1950s. And again, another story for another day. But what's interesting is that in 1965, about 10 years later, 65, 66, a splinter group shot off of Scientology, and it was called the Process Church of the Final Judgment, which is going to be very, very important to, to this discussion today. So it was a religious group that flourished in the 60s and 70s, it was actually founded by an English couple, Mary Ann and Robert de Grimston. I actually changed their names. De Grimston is a cool name. I wouldn't trust anyone with that name, so it's probably a good idea that they change their name. No, that, ch- that's what they changed it to. They changed it to Shithouse? <laughs> they were originally Mary Ann McLean and Robert Moore. Oh, oh, they changed it to that. They changed it to oh. de Grimston because oh. it sounds cooler. It does. Right? Uh, and actually, both of them met at a Scientology branch in London. Mm. They were instructors there. So they were not just members of the Scientology Church. They were instructors of Scientology. And they were living a life of, of scientific, uh, Scientologist- Scientolo- Scientological carnal knowledge Whatever of the one case another. may be, right? Yeah. So it wasn't good enough for them. So they offshoot from Scientology, and they, they basically started this process church of the final judgment, which is a mix-up of a few different religions. And actually, their basis was they worship both Jesus Christ and Satan. With the theory that at the end time, Satan and God will make up and join forces to judge humanity. So they figured, let's get in now and worship both of them. Mm. So then when the end times come, we'll be on the good side. I see. Does that make sense? Here's here's my, let's go back and talk, just quickly, yeah. we'll talk about uh, the, the God and Satan thing. Sure. You know, <clears throat> obviously, religious people, everybody knows about God and Satan and all that stuff. And and there's always the there's always the idea that they that they are separate from one another. Right, right. That they that they exist outside of one another, but yet are in conflict. But I I say this: if you are if you're a believer in God, if you're a re- religious person, you believe in in God who created all things. Yes. Then you would know that he created he created one. right. He created uh, Satan or or the devil uh, or whatever whatever you would call him. Right. So it doesn't live outside of that. It's part of the it's part of the universe. It's part of the 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 uh, continuing dichotomy of good versus evil. So right, so everything is a product of God. Correct. Okay. I just figured I'd throw that in. Oh, thank you for that clarification. So, uh, not necessarily a satanic church, mm. but enough because they do worship Satan. They also worship Jesus. Sure. So it makes it both. So that must make for an interesting, uh, <laughs> interesting secret Santa services uh, event during the holidays. Yeah, I wonder what their Santa does. Oh, it brings you knives. <laughs> So yeah, could be. So this group back in the '60s and '70s, they started to make. They tried to start making inroads into the music industry, which a lot of a lot of groups did at the time. Mm. Uh, what better way to influence young minds? Exactly what I was just about to say. So uh, they they approached actually approached the Beatles and the Rolling Stones to try to forge relationships with them, uh, because as you said, m- music is the gateway to the minds of young people. Right? Mm. Everybody everybody knows this. Mick Jagger's girlfriend, Marianne Faithful, was actually affiliated with the Process Church. And Mick himself appeared on a cover of the church's magazine, Oh, which uh, I'm not on their mailing list, but it's probably pretty cool. Mm. So here's where some weird stuff starts happening. So some observers have described the process church as a, and I'm just going to call them the process church because it's simpler, uh, a society dedicated to the aiding and abetting the end of the world. Okay. by uh, Now, I want you, because you're a smart guy, I want you to listen to what I'm about to say mm. and uh, figure out what this sounds like to you. So... They're trying to bring about the end of the world by stirring up murder, violence, and chaos. In the process's end-time scenario, they would survive the wrath of the apocalypse as the chosen people, which is identical to what? What have you heard? What group have you heard kind of wanted to start trouble to bring about the end of the world? Then they would be the only ones that would, would survive. Is it Westboro Baptist? Is that nope. what you're talking about? The Manson family. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, so yeah. So that was their main... I'm glad you brought that up. 
Okay. Because when you said when you said Mick Jagger and you started talking about music, it made yes. me think about Charles Manson. Right. And that's what we're going to get to. Tried next. to influence people through that's music correct. as well. That's right. Uh, so when you start yeah. listening to the background of the Process Church of the Final Judgment, you start hearing Manson family because this is exactly what they're saying. Right. Right. So that's the Manson family worldview. They were they wanted to instigate what they called Helter Skelter, which was the end times, uh, and where. There would be a race war, right? And and the Manson family would hide out in caves, and then when when the when the destruction was over, they would come back and uh, and rule the world. So Charles Manson actually was a was wanted to be a musician. Yes, he he wanted to be taken seriously as a musician, which obviously that didn't work out for him. But well, didn't he write a song that ended up on a, a Beach Boys album? That that's correct. He actually befriended uh, Brian Wilson of the Beach Boys. Yes, and obviously. After you know the whole Manson uh, crimes were you know came came to the forefront. Obviously, they tried to distance themselves from him. But sure enough, they recorded one of his songs. And more recently, <clears throat> the Rolling Stones, uh, excuse me, not the Rolling Stones, Guns and Roses, back in the '90s. I don't know if you remember their album, The Spaghetti Incident. Yes. They recorded a it was a hidden track on that album. They recorded a Charles Manson song. I did not know. That. And at the end, you hear Axl Rose saying, "Thanks, Chaz." Oh. When Chaz is his nickname. That's so, interesting. I never still I did still not to know this that. day he has some influence over people. Huh. Yeah. Oh. So we're going to talk about the Manson family connection to the Process Church now, because here's a weird instance, and you have to know a little bit about the Manson family history, which I'm not going to talk about the Manson family in, in, in detail today. Mm. But So here's a weird instance. 1968-1969, uh, director Roman Polanski right, mm. was renting a house in Los Angeles with his wife, Sharon Tate, newly married. Okay, And they were also pet-sitting for another actress at the time. I think it was Patty Duke. Mm. So they were renting this house, and they were pet-sitting. One night, the dog escaped from the, from the compound, and Roman Polanski started chasing it and ran down a, down a hill. This is in, in Hollywood, in, in, uh, excuse me, in Los Angeles. And he, ran in, he later told people he ran into a strange group of English people who were trying to bring about the end of the world, and he actually had an altercation with them. He ended up getting chased by a bunch of dogs that these English people had. Were they English bulldogs? No, it no, doesn't say what kind of dogs oh. they were. But he got chased by a bunch of dogs and actually had to hide out in a garage. Yeah. And was trapped in there. He had to break out a window and escape. So what you have to learn from that is weeks later, the Manson family entered the, that same rented house and killed Sharon Tate, Abigail Folger, Wojcik Frykowski, and Jay Sebring in the famous uh, Manson family murders. Right. So is that a coincidence that... Roman Polanski has an altercation with a group of English people who are trying to bring about the world. They were casing the, the joint. Either that or, they, or Roman Polanski pissed them off, and mm. this is how they decided to get back at him. Obviously, Roman Polanski was not home when the, uh, the Tate murders That's took place. That's in interesting in and of itself. Right. So mm. um, afterwards, Charles Manson actively spoke about many of the same issues of the Process Church. Uh, he was, and actually, Charles Manson was a Scientologist. Did you know that? I did not know that. Charles Manson supposedly uh, studied Scientology in prison. And, and actually arose to the level of clear, which in the Scientology church frequency clear. <laughs> in the Scientology church, uh, that means that's like about as high as you can go is clear. So, in act- actuality, when when Manson was in jail for the Tate murders and the LaBianca murders afterwards, um, he was visited in jail by members of the Process Church. Actually, this is documented. Mm-hmm. They visit him in jail after this after this visit. Manson never mentioned the group again, never mentioned any of the things that he discussed previously. So it, the theory is is that they spoke to him and said, you better stop talking about us mm. because we'll do something really bad. Now, what do you think What do you think, Charles? So he's in prison. He's studying Scientology. <clears throat> Scientology excuse yep. me. What do you think he had to do in prison to be able to reach that high level of, of the, cle- the clear level in Scientology? <laughs> what, from what I know about Scientology, and that's just from look, watching documentaries and doing some reading and whatnot – and actually, there's a very good documentary series, uh, Leah Remini. Remini? Uh, Remini. Yeah, from uh, Kings of, Kings of King, Queens. King of Queens. Was, yeah. a, was a Scientologist for many years mm. and actually put out an expose about the group and some of the nefarious dealings that they... Have you seen this show? I did. I, I've seen the show. Is it's, it any good? It's very good. It, it gets kind of old. Like, the first few episodes are very good, and then it gets... It's just repetitive. And she, mm. what she does is she finds um, people who used to be part of the church right. and kind of defected. Isn't it difficult to, to escape the church once yeah. you Yeah. I mean, some of the stories that these guys tell are, are of armed guards chasing them down the road yeah. and, and trying to bring them back and, and, and then trying to ruin your life if you're out of it mm. and so on. So, yeah, not a, not, a, not a pleasant group to try to leave. So you never answered my question. 
What, what does he, what did he, does he just like, he read, reads books? Yeah, I'm, well, supposedly in the Scientology church, you have to take courses mm. in order to... Like online classes? Well, yeah. So it's now, like an online degree that you get, like University of Phoenix? I would, enc- <laughs> I would encourage you to watch the Leah Remini documentary mm. because uh, the way she describes it, you have to pay an enormous, exorbitant amount of money to take these courses. Right. Once you pay the money, you take the course, that, then you move up a level. So it's a it's like a marketing scheme. Is there a test that you have to take? There's Yes, and then they, they do lie detector sessions with you and mm. it's just it's bizarre the whole mm. thing is bizarre. strange so it's, i guess it's to me it's it's people searching for something more in their lives apparently yeah. who feel like they need to be part of something bigger than themselves yeah that, that get hooked into this sort of thing so charles manson actually after this and i don't have the quote in front of me i, I should have included it in the notes but said something to the effect in a jailhouse interview after this after he was convicted of the murders of of sharon tate and, and the rest of the group that he's let loose scorpions all over the country to sting people, meaning I have followers. Uh, I have not actual scorpions. No, no, no. Like uh, scorpions mean that would be kind of creepy. You, know, you get creepy. up in the morning, you put your shoes on. There's a scorpion in there, and it's got the little face of Charles Manson on and it. And even if you lived in like a like a cold climate, that would be weird. That'd be weird. But no. So he his followers are out there still still causing mischief. I believe it. There's people out there that that sure. still you know listen to him and follow his teachings and things of that sort. So so you have a clear connection between Charles Manson, yep. Scientology, mm-hmm. and the, the Process Church of the Final Judgment. Right. Right there. Okay? So what we're going to do, we're going to fast forward, if you can. Okay. Make a fast forward Go ahead. noise. Whoop. Okay. 1970s, right? A series of six murders in New York City. 1967, excuse me, 1976, 1977, plunged the city into panic and unleashed one of the largest manhunts in New York history. The victims were all shot with a 44 caliber handgun, which led to the name the 44 caliber killer. At one of the scenes, the killer left a note taunting police and signed the name Son of Sam, mm. which no one knew what the hell that meant. But after one of the murders, a witness noticed that the killer had a parking ticket on his car as he left the scene. And based on that, a man named David Berkowitz, a postman from the area, was arrested and confessed to the crimes. He said his neighbor, Sam Carr, had a dog that spoke to him and told him to commit the murders. Was, he, was David Berkowitz Druish? No, oh. actually, David Berkowitz was, was adopted his, his, into a Jewish family. I don't think he was a he was a Jewish person by birth. Oh, I so, see. Uh, anyway, he also said that Sam, his neighbor, was Satan, and the dog told him to kill the people. Which mm-hmm. that's why the name Son of Sam right. comes in comes into play. So, Berkowitz, although he's he's was arrested, he's still in jail. I believe. Yeah, he's, he's still out there. He never stated that he committed the acts alone, although no one else was ever tried for the crimes. He also said that he was a member of a group of people which performed satanic rituals. He, they would meet in parks and do sort of weird rituals and stuff like that. Um, George Takai was part of that, I believe. <laughs> George Takai. So many believe that Berkowitz was a member of, quote-unquote, the Children, which is a subset of the Process Church of the Last Judgment. Hmm. And Berkowitz himself stated that one of the Son of Sam murders was videotaped, actually, during the, during the video, uh, during the murder, and that the cameraman, a man named Ron Sisman, was subsequently murdered by cult members when they went to recover the snuff film. So they took the film back and they killed... So nobody's ever seen the film. That's correct. Well, somebody <clears throat> That we have. know of, yeah. Right. So some researchers say that Sisman was killed by a mysterious figure that was known as Manson II, which uh, was later identified as a man named W. Menser, which was, by all accounts, an occult superstar and a hitman who moved through the same type of circles as Manson did in the 60s, which was uh, drugs and music mm. and, and all that stuff, uh, and actually who had been intimate with Abigail Folger, who was one of the victims of the... So it's all it's going full circle here. Yeah, so you have connections between uh, all the things we discussed and now David Berkowitz, the son of Sam. So was the son of Sam killings another attempt by the Process Church to incite the coming of the end of the world? Who knows? Who knows? But then again, I mean, and <clears throat> if you look at it, you know, there's definitely no shortage of uh, mentally disturbed individuals out there that are easily influenced by others. So if you wanted right. to, if you yourself didn't want to commit the acts, but wanted to inf- influence others around you to do that, I think that that could be, you know, that's a possibility as well. Yeah. Because there's some, you know, there's some people out there that are very, they have that manipulative uh, sure. aspect about them, and they're very good at uh, at mind control, essentially, is what that right. is. So you, you bring up a good point. So as we all know, Charles Manson had some sort of weird control over his group of people. Right. Uh, and for all, by all accounts, everyone thinks that Charles Manson is a, cons- you know, a nut, a nut bar. Well, he may have been a nut bar, or he may be a nut bar, but he definitely has the ability to influence others and, and have them do what he wanted. Because in actuality, he never killed anybody, correct? Mm. That, that was proven. Correct. Uh, he just told people to do it. <clears throat> so so we have those two things. And now, and just one last one, the 1980s. 
Okay, so we, we're in each, now we've moved forward again. Staten Island, New York. You know where Staten Island is? Staten Island. Uh, a little island. Yeah, yeah. It's the uh, northern part of New S- York. Southern. Right? N- I mean, like, northern, north of Manhattan. No, it's south. South of yeah, Manhattan. Yeah, it's, like, down b- off of New Jersey. Oh, I'm usually good at geography. Yeah. You've okay. probably never been to Staten Island. No. It was actually used as a dumping ground for many, many years. Nothing was there. Uh, and, actually, they built a tuberculosis hospital there. Oh. And so they used to dump people on Staten Island. But now it's a, you know, it's a borough of New York City. Is it's that a- anywhere near Plum Island? You know, Plum Island. Isn't that, like, where they did, like, weird experiments? Um, experiments on on things yeah, like the, governmental experiments. Yeah, there was some kind of a base there, or and there's like, like strange uh, creatures that l- walk around there. Hey, that's another show for another day. Oh, all right. Anyway, so Staten Island in the 1980s was still somewhat sparsely populated, but there was an, a, a, a fair amount of people that lived there. Several children started going missing in the area of the abandoned Willowbrook Mental Hospital. It was actually known as the Willowbrook State School, mm. which was uh, also it was a series of hospitals and schools and whatnot for for. Uh, mentally challenged people and tuberculosis patients and basically anybody that didn't they didn't want to have around anyone else. So several children go missing in the area. Uh, and actually, this is funny. During, doing research for this program today, I ran across a documentary where in the 1970s, a young, dashing reporter uh, did an expose on the Willowbrook State Hospital, and he had a flowing mustache. Do you know what I'm talking Geraldo about? Rivera? Geraldo Rivera. Oh, I love Geraldo. A young reporter did a did an actually a very very powerful expose on the Willowbrook School and exposed a lot of um, a lot of disgusting things that were going on there. And as a result of that report, several years later, the Willowbrook School closed. So he, he, he gets into some interesting cases. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorites was the Al Capone. Uh, yes. Mystery Vault. In the eighties, uh, right? In the eighties, where he was digging through Al Capone's vault trying to find treasure. Right. And I spent all night, my parents let me stay up late watching this program. I should have been in bed. <laughs> and I was hoping, because I liked Al Capone, I did some re- a research yes. paper on him. I, I thought he was Maybe interesting. Maybe you were a gangster in a previous life. Could be. Could be. Uh, and then, you know, uh, my I was sadly disappointed when they broke through the uh, the vault. Didn't they find some bottles? They found, yeah, some old bottles, and that was about it. What a, and a note from Al saying, <laughs> That's yeah, when you get, gotcha. wah, wah. Yeah. Anyway, so... The Willowbrook School closed down mm. in the 1970, late 1970s. So in the 1980s, people started, kids started going missing in the area. So an urban legend grew of a man named Cropsey. I don't know, oh. where, I don't know where they got the name Cropsey from. But that's, that's just his whole name? Like Madonna? Yeah, it's just Cropsey? Just Cropsey was a, a boogeyman-type figure who lived in the tunnels underneath the Insane Asylum and emerged at night to kidnap and kill kids. But guess what? It was true. Oh. There was a guy that was arrested by the name of Andre Rand, who was a one-time employee of the asylum, and they actually found was living in makeshift homes in the woods and underneath the, the Willowbrook School. And he was convicted of kidnapping and killing a seven-year-old disabled girl in the, in the 1980s. So, it sounds just like that most recent M. Night Shyamalan movie. I, I, forget, I didn't see it. I forget the name of it. I did catch Split. some of it. Split, yes. Yeah. Don't uh, give away the ending. I hear it's a good one. I, I won't give it away. Okay. Uh, you were about to. No. Yeah, I know you. So, uh, anyway, Andre Rand was convicted. And of that one crime, but they weren't able to pin any of the other crimes on him, even though they were reasonably sure that he had killed several more people. Uh, the bodies were never recovered. Many people believe that the reason the bodies were never recovered was because Rand was a member of a satanic cult and the kids were being used as sacrifices. Mm. Because area residents reported seeing cloaked figures in the woods surrounding the hospital around the time of the murders. So, is New York, New York is supposedly a center for the process church of the final judgment. Is it hard to believe that they would have a hand in these killings as well? Many people think that this Andre Rand was was a was a group leader of satanic cult worshippers in that area. I, I know you said that their their goal is to bring about chaos and yes. bring about the end of the world and all this stuff. Yes, it's not working. I mean, nope, the world's still here. People get killed and people move on. And it's tragic, and here we are. But I mean, if you think about it logically, let's say that there's any truth to this mur- uh, to this conspiracy that mm. we've, we've outlined today. Let's say that this group, this Process Church, is directing these killings and these these ongoing um, these ongoing acts of violence what do you think the end goal would be like you said people die all the time right there's murderers arrested there's whatever horrific things happen on a daily basis around the world uh, is it working uh, no I think maybe it's possibly just uh you know this is the this is the this is the life they choose to live I guess you know everybody has their own niche so to speak. Yeah. And, the, and for these people, it's, it's bringing chaos and death and destruction upon others. Well, I mean, and, and besides the Process Church, there's other, there's other cults around that are supposedly directing murderers. Uh, Henry Lee Lucas, one of the most prolific serial killers that no one's ever heard of, mm. a lot of people have never heard of, actually admitted upwards of 600 murders uh, back in the uh, 60s, 70s, and 80s. And uh, he 
admitted, supposedly, that there was a group called the Hand of Death, mm. and it was a cult that directed his activities and told him, go out there and kill all these people. It's going to help us, w- whether it's whether it's to, to incite the end of the world or serve as sacrifices during mm. their rituals or who knows what they're doing. So we've only scratched the surface of, of what this could be, if it's anything. You know who I think is the uh, probably one of the scariest uh, cult leaders, modern cult leaders that we have today? Who's that? Tony Robbins. Tony Robbins is scary. The guy's scary. He He's reminds large. me of the of he reminds me of the bad guy in the Cobra movie with Sylvester Stallone. Yes, he reminds yes. me. He talks he like that. He kind of like looks that. like that. Yes, and uh, that movie know. was great. That was one of the first movies where I heard the f word. Heard as, the f word as, as a young that was man. a violent Very film for violent. for a youth. Violent. Uh, yes, and he had an MP5 with a laser sight on it. I did. thought that was cool. The movie poster was super cool, and he had a match in his mouth. He always carried a match in his mouth. He yep. drove that '58 Mercury. That was a nice car. I wonder if I walked around with a match in my mouth today, if that would make me cooler than that. I was am. a cult in that movie. They used to clang That's the, right. the, the axes together. That's correct. That was a killer. Killing people. Killer cult. Good segue into the crazy. But anyway, Tony cool. Robbins. Oh my God. Speaking of people that, that have influence over others, and people pay thousands upon thousands of dollars to yes. listen to this guy yes. just rant on about nonsense. Well, isn't it true that uh, that Tom Brady actually is appearing uh, yes. at, at an uh, yes. inspirational it's event? It's true. Tom Brady has jumped the shark. He's losing his mind. You know, I have a lot officially. of respect for Tom Brady as a football player. As an athlete. As, as, yeah. as, as, as for the many, many tremendous acts of... Uh, of athletic greatness and, and, over the and years, goodwill towards men, and, and he just seems like a good guy, you know. But, but here's the problem with him, and I, I don't, and and like I said, I'm, you know, obviously I'm a fan of the team and all this stuff. Mm. I don't like it when people try to preach to me about how you. I mean, he's not overly. But does he do that, or does he well, just say he, what he like, does? Well, he, but he tries to, he tries to influence others. Well, is that true? Because people ask him, like for instance, if if no one ever asked him about his training regimen or his diet, which is completely weirdo. No, but he's out there. He's opening up all these little cl- these little uh, clinics and these different. Uh, uh, he's got this online food service now and all this yeah, other but I stuff. Don't, okay, well, ah, whatever. I don't know that he's he's actively pushing it on people. Uh, I, think that, I, I think I think he's involved. He's involved in the cult. He's involved in the evil uh, with Peyton Manning end of end times cult that you were talking about. It could be, and uh, all the quarterbacks are in the NFL. They're all part of this. Even Geno Smith. They come off. Uh, they come off as uh, you know, caring about the community and playing football, but really they have uh, evil intentions. Well, I have a lot of problems with with hero. Uh, athlete hero worship myself but that's yeah. something for another day but anyway so we talked about some stuff today a couple of things that maybe people might want to follow up on mm. right and uh, i don't know what do you think about all this i think here's what i think i think i think we should delve a little more into past lives on another yes. show like yep. i said before mm-hmm. uh and we could break down some of these specific cases that you just mentioned yep a little bit more in depth. Yep. Uh, like uh, the Zodiac Killer. I know you didn't mention. And that, I didn't mention the Zodiac Killer, but that is another. That's another fascinating. Another uh, fascinating. Case. Actually, there was case. a movie that came out uh, a few years back that was pretty decent. What, uh, what I think is interesting, and this is a show in and of itself, would be what is this with serial killers that feel the need to send uh, taunting letters to the police? It doesn't happen just once. It happens all the time. No, and that, that's kind of that thing. It's kind of like the arsonist that burns a building down and then stands by yeah. and watches it burn. Right. You know. I mean, the Zodiac Killer sent notes. Taunting. Jack the Ripper. Uh, BTK killer, oh, yeah. uh, the, the son of Sam. They they send letters, and that leads ultimately to their capture. Right, unfortunately. Right, right. and if you look at the, uh, you know the 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 killers that have gone longer and killed more people, usually the ones that kind of try to say anything, try to live more of a secret <laughs> life. You know, right? Uh, yeah, you're just, you're just not a good killer. You just you send notes. Yeah, don't send notes. Yeah, you know, it kind of gets them off. Oh. interesting. Oh, what do you think of that? Of what? Of the of, of the whole show here today. I think we've covered some good stuff. Yeah, I think that, that, that yeah, I mean, we're sparking discussion. And what what I hope people will do is after they listen to this program or while they're listening to this program, if something pops into your head and you want to send us a note about what we're talking about or what we uh, what we want to uh, do in the future, yeah, send send an email to. That's exactly right. So it's the Eon Project at yahoo.com. The, the Eon Project. The Eon T H E E O N Project dot com. At ya- or excuse me, the Eon Project at yahoo.com. And, yep. and eventually we'll, we will have a, a website up. We're working um, on that now. And, you know, being that being that this is a podcast and, it, you know, there's some production involved here. And obviously, unfortunately for us, this is not our full-time uh, jobs. It would be great if it was. We have uh, careers and families and things of that sort. So we're, we're going to strive to uh, do some get some production done on these shows, get them up uh, so you guys can listen to them. And like we said, in the meantime, if you have any 
suggestions. We, we always take suggestions from people. One, one, thing, one uh, thing that we did when we were doing the live show on, on AM radio a few years back was we actually took listener suggestions live on the air. Yeah. People would call in yep. they'd give us, or, or they would email us and give us a topic. Uh, off the cuff, and we'd talk about it. Yeah, because we're experts of nothing. nothing. But we know a lot of stuff about a lot of different things. Uh, and, you know, obviously that'd be difficult here because... Uh, no, but you can also tweet us. Tweet. Uh, you can find us on Twitter. Tweet. It's tweet. at The Eon Project. Tweeting. We're the only The Eon Project on Twitter. I'm surprised. You know, we're looking at uh, names of the show. Yep. It's, it's, it's a catchy name, so you I figure like that it. somebody would have had it already. Nope, we're, we're, we're blazing a trail for others to follow. All right, so we're going to wrap it up. I think that's it for this week. Yep. Uh, we'll be coming back uh, back at you again with another episode here shortly and uh, w- with topics that we don't even know yet. To stimulate the mind. Stimulate the mind. Hopefully and, just and stimulating senses. the mind. Why, why not? We don't want to stimulate anything no, else. No, no, just your brain uh, and your senses as well. But please contact us via the email or Twitter. Absolutely. So just remember, the truth exists. Believe it.